Hi, my name's Glenn Gunderson, and I'm the pastor here at PFB Purpose Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining this study of God's Word entitled The Power of a Whisper. And I've been so excited about this study, just figuring out how we could hear whispers from God, how we can figure out if it's legitimately from God or if it's just something that came up in our heads, and how we can have the guts, the courage to act on that whisper. Life becomes an adventure when we can hear God's voice We can discern whether it really is God's voice, and if it is, if we can take action based on that. That's when life is an adventure. That's when life becomes fun. So I'm so glad that you're joining us on this study, and let's now uh, begin our study from God's Word. We continue with our series we started last Sunday, The Power of a Whisper, and the title of today's study is Divine Input for the Day-to-Day. And I want to mention a couple of things as we've kind of had an ongoing dialogue as a church family in our Sunday school classes and our small groups. Um, You guys have emailed me and we've kind of had conversations back and forth, figuring out how best to hear the whispers of God and boldly act on those things. And let me just a couple of PSs from last week. Many people have asked, you know, what what is a, a whisper? What do we mean by that? Well, on rare occasion, it is an audible voice from God, or it's so close to being it, you, you would almost you know, think it was. But most of the time, uh, what it is, a whisper, is a sense that God wants us to do something. It's an idea that God places in our mind that is confirmed by Scripture and other people. It's, um, James Dobson would call it an impression. Um, it, is, it sometimes comes to us through a friend. A Christian friend will sometimes share that with us. Or sometimes uh, it will be God will speak through us to share with somebody else. Um, it is also it usually comes through Scripture. The most important way for us to receive a whisper from God is through God's Word. And that's why it's so important that we be in God's Word on a daily basis. If we want to get divine input for the day-to-day, we need to be in God's Word on a daily basis. And so at the Resource Center today, let me do another commercial. You can grab this New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs, read through it in 2013. You say, well, Glenn, it's March. I'm kind of late. No, it's a perfect time to pick it up. You've, like today is one, a chapter from Proverbs. Tomorrow is a chapter from Psalms. Then it starts with the book of First Timothy. I can't think of a better book in the Bible to hear the whisper of God than through the book of First Timothy. And so we've got to be in God's Word on a daily basis. I make sure that every day I spend at least some time receiving from God's Word because that is where you usually hear whispers from God. Now, another part of this that I, I felt like I needed to do a balancer from last Sunday, is that, um, is, is that there's, there's two types of people, and I'm, I'm very much stereotyping here. But Satan uses different attacks for different types of people, and sometimes he attacks us in different ways at different times in our life. So for some people that are very extroverted and they're always on the move and they're always busy, the challenge is Satan wants to keep us so busy that we never slow down enough and get quiet enough that we can hear a whisper from God. How many of you at any time in your life have struggled with that? That that Satan will just get us so busy and running so frantically that we can't just hear that whisper. And so that's usually how he attacks us. But another way he attacks, and I'm going to stereotype and say particularly introverts, is that what he'll do is he'll throw so many false whispers out there that then we get confused as which one's God and which one is Satan's, or which one is just emerging from our own emotions. How many of you have ever struggled with that? It's kind of like a fighter jet that sends out flares so that the enemy missile system can't lock on the jet because there are so many false signals out there from the flares that they release 
that the missile can't lock in and figure out which one is real and which one is false. And so sometimes Satan will torment us, rob us of joy because of these false whispers. Let me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I love this book by James Dobson called Emotions, Can You Trust Them? And it's out of print now, but you can probably still find it on Amazon. You know, it's a secondhand or something like that. But the chapter I particularly benefited from years ago was a chapter on what James Dobson calls impressions. His word for whispers would be impressions. And he tells a personal story. He says, the subject of impressions always reminds me of the exciting day I completed my formal education at the University of Southern California and was awarded a doctoral degree. My professor shook my hand and offered their congratulations, and I walked from the campus with the prize I had sought so diligently. On the way home in the car that day, I expressed my appreciation to God for his obvious blessing on my life, and I asked him to use me in any way he chose. The presence of the Lord seemed very near as I communed with him in that little red Volkswagen. Then as I turned a corner, I remember the precise spot I was seized by a strong impression which conveyed this unmistakable message. You are going to lose someone very close to you within the next 12 months. A member of your immediate family will die, but when it happens, don't be dismayed. Just continue trusting and depending on me. Now, the bad news of that overwhelms the good news of that, doesn't it? Since I had not been thinking about death or anything that would have explained the sudden appearance of this premonition, I was alarmed by the threatening thought. My heart thumped a little harder as I contemplated who might die and in what manner the end would come. Nevertheless, I told no one about the experience when I reached my home that night. Now, last Sunday, he is, um, boy, far be it for me to criticize James Dobson, but, you know, he missed out on number five. That is, when you share it with another person, sometimes they can give you balance and perspective. He didn't do that. One month passed without tragedy or human loss. Two and three months sped by, and still the hand of death failed to visit my family. Finally, the anniversary of my morbid impression came and went without consequence. It has now been more than a decade since that frightening day in the Volkswagen, and there have been no more, no catastrophic events in either my family or among my wife's closest relatives. The impression has proved invalid. So if a, as wise and discerning and mature a Christian as James Dobson can get mixed up by false whispers, then, then we need to be careful as well. Uh, Satan robbed his joy for a whole year based on this false whisper. Here's another example he gives. A 30-year-old wife and mother came to me for treatment of persistent anxiety and depression. In relating her history, she described an episode that occurred in a church service when she was 16 years old. Toward the end of the sermon, she, quote, heard this alarming message from God. Jeannie, I want you to die so that others will come to me. You're 16 years old, you're sitting in church, and you think you hear that whisper. Jeannie was absolutely terrified. She felt as though she had stood on the gallows with the hangman's noose dangling above her head. In her panic, she jumped from her seat and fled through the doors of the building, sobbing as she ran. Jeannie felt she would commit a sin if she revealed her impression to anyone, so she kept it to herself. Again, a violation of principle number five that we talked about last Sunday. For nearly 20 years, she had awaited the execution of this divine sentence, still wondering when the final moment would arrive. Nevertheless, she appeared to be in excellent health many years later. Robbed this young lady of joy for 20 years because of a false witness. That's why it's so important, as we talked about last Sunday, you discern divine direction by learning to do five things. Number one, ask God if the prompting you received is from him. 
Number two, see if it aligns with God's word, the Bible, with scripture. Number three, is it wise? Number four, is it in tune with your character or wiring? And number five, ask those you most trust what they think of the whisper that you've received. Now, another way we've interacted, if you look at the QR code that's there in in your study outline, you can interact with us on our U version. And Pastor uh, Brian Holland, our young adults pastor, has been doing this uh, for the past few months. And you can access it through that QR code there in your study outline. And so last Sunday, he asked uh, people at our church the question, how can you tell when it is God telling you something and not your own thoughts or ideas? Here are some of the responses that came back from our church family. I will generally ask for a clear confirmation, and there's a huge sense of peace that comes over me once I do what was asked of me. Somebody else wrote, I feel a strong sense of peace. It's pretty crazy for me because I am the most indecisive person ever, and I'm never sure of anything. But occasionally I feel such a sense of peace and absolutely no questions that I know it can only be from God. Another one writes, as God speaks to me, there's a peace that comes in my heart. Even if it is something that I don't want to do, I will do it with the grace of God and with his leading. Somebody else writes, it comes to me after praying, often in retrospect of an event or decision. Somebody else writes, it comes with a feeling and affirmation from those trusted believers in my trust circle. That's principle number five. Somebody else said, I look for confirmation in God's word. That's principle number two. And with Christian advice. That's principle number five. And in the circumstances. And when I'm, and I like this last line. And when I'm unsure, I take it slow and wait on God for confirmation. I always say if you're unsure of a whisper from God, or if God hasn't spoken to you for a while, just keep doing what he last told you to do. That's the thing. If you feel like God hasn't spoken to you for a while, just keep being obedient to the last time you heard that divine whisper. And just keep following that until you get his next set of marching orders. God speaks to his followers not just at life's major crossroads. Last Sunday we talked about who you're supposed to marry and what your job or career you're supposed to have, those big decisions. But he also does it during daily routines. That's the title of today's study, Divine Input for the Day-to-Day. What would your daily life look like if each step was directed by God? Now there are three types that we're gonna talk about this morning. Step number, whisper number one is God speaks through whispers of action. He speaks through whispers of action. Boy, I got a great email this past week from Candace Schiffel. And she writes, a few years ago, I felt God calling me to start a prayer group in the public school where I was working. But I was hesitant and told God it would be much better if someone else did it since I was a pastor's wife. It would be much better if a, quote, ordinary Christian did it. Then it wouldn't be seen as a matter of faith rather than coming, rather than, it would be seen as a matter of faith rather than coming from a, quote, religious person like me. This went on for a few months, but then it went to the back of my mind. Every once in a while, I would feel a nudge, but still did not feel led to do anything about it. I was still very hesitant, so I just put it out of my mind, and this went on for many more months. Then one day on my way to work, I felt very strongly that that day was the day. You know, months go by, and all of a sudden she feels this whisper from God, today's the day to ask the principal. I was supposed to ask the principal if I could start a prayer meeting in our school. Now, anyone who knows me well knows that I'm a chicken when it comes to this kind of thing. So I wrote a note to the principal and put it on her desk where she couldn't miss seeing it. I started preparing for the day by going to the copier machine to make copies of lessons for my students. Other teachers were talking about something awful that had happened in New York City. But I had other things to get done, so I didn't ask any questions. Then I had to go to the office again, and they were still talking about it, so I asked, 
What happened in New York City? They were astonished that I had not heard. They shared what had happened to the Twin Towers. It was almost time for classes to begin, so we all went to our respective responsibilities. But as I was preparing for my day of teaching, I began to understand God's marvelous and perfect timing. I began to understand why I had felt nudged but not led until this day, September 11th, to ask permission to have a prayer meeting in our public school. During morning recess, I went up to see my principal, and when she saw me, she didn't even wait for me to ask. She said, yes, you can start a prayer meeting. We all need all the prayer we can get right now. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this day was the only day that my request for a prayer meeting in a public school would have been answered with a yes. This was such a significant day in my Christian walk. Since 9-11, it has continuously strengthened my commitment to the Lord and been a constant reminder of God's faithfulness and grace since that awful yet awesome day. So sometimes those are whispers of prayers uh, for action. That's what happened to uh, Noah in Genesis chapter 6. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah. Now, we say, oh, well, he, he had the advantage. He actually heard the voice of God. I, I wish, how many of you wish on certain big things you literally heard the voice of God? Boy, I, I've got about four or five things in life that I'd like to get a literal re, audible response. But remember, Noah didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit. So a Christian who's received Christ post-Pentecost, when the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to us, we have the, an advantage that Noah never had. He had the advantage of an occasional audible voice, but we have the everyday advantage of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And, and that's much better than what Noah had. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. Skipping down to verse 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. He heard the whisper and had the courage uh, to take the risk, had the guts to work, uh, to act on that particular thing that God had, had called on him to do. Just a little quick um, commercial uh, I, I waited a week because <laughs> I've gotten burned sometimes recommending things and then it kind of turns bad right after I recommend them. So I, I waited a week to recommend this, but you know, how many of you saw the Bible on the History Channel last Sunday night? Yeah, every Sunday night between now and Easter, um, there's a, a two-hour, uh, it takes you through the Bible. And uh, last week, I think it got as far as right up to like Samson and it'll start with Samson uh, tonight. And you know, I wanted to wait a week to see it because you know, Oh my goodness, I get burned sometimes. I think I showed a clip from Downton Abbey a couple of weeks ago, and that night it turned bad on me. It had been clean as a whistle for two and a half years. I recommend it. It turns bad on me that night, and I'm just sitting there Sunday night going, oh no, oh no, oh no. You know. So, so I want to wait a week. I, I, you know, the Bible, you're a little safer when it's the Bible, somewhat safe. Who knows? Who knows? Um, you know, with Hollywood, never bet your life on it. All right. So, at any rate, um, uh, but it was really good last week. I think you'd get a lot out of it. And so Sunday nights, I think if you've got satellite, it's 5. But if it's regular channel on the History Channel, it's 8 o'clock on Sunday nights between now and Easter. And they did Noah. The reason it made me think of it was they did Noah 
uh, last, um, last Sunday night, and, and our family uh, really enjoyed it. Now, now here's, here's question number one for us uh, today. Um, question number one, is God calling you to build something today? Um, maybe not an ark, but is he calling you to take some step to do something, to build a ministry, um, to, to start something? Um, let me give you an example from our, our church's past. Uh, Dennis Ender was our uh, executive pastor for many, many years. And, uh, boy, now it's been about 17 years ago. He's sitting at a Rancho Cucamonga Quakes game at the Epicenter, just sitting at a baseball game. And he felt God's whisper, why not have an outdoor Easter service on Easter Sunday? And so we acted on that. And we had one year there at the Epicenter. And then every year since, we've been at Easter at the Fairplex. And this has grown to bless thousands of people have either come to Christ or come back to Christ. Um, I mean, it's just been an unbelievable thing. It is now one of the larger outdoor Easter services in all the United States and all of North America. Now, we have the advantage of being in Southern California, and so the weather usually cooperates with us. But it has grown to be one of the larger events of that nature in all the United States. And it all started at a whisper during uh, a, a baseball game. If you start it, they will come. And they have by the thousands. Now, here's what God's going to whisper to you over the next three weeks. You're going to see a friend of yours, a family member. If you invite them, they will come. Or they might come. If you invite them, they might come. If you put a lawn sign up, they might come. Stick a poster up, they might come. Stick a bumper sticker on, they might come. Hand them one of the tickets you'll receive as you leave today. They, 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 they might come. Uh, if you, again, look on page five, uh, as Tomiko talked about, hundreds of volunteers are needed to reach thousands of people. This has become huge, and we need your help in reaching our community for Christ. Now, God still speaks and whispers to executive pastors. And so Peter, Peter Torrey told me about a whisper. It was really more of a question. It was kind of like, if they build what, who will come? Okay. If they build it, they will come. If you buy it, they will come. If you buy what, who will come, and for how much, and should we buy or should we sell? Let me just literally read it to you. Uh, our executive pastor, Peter Torrey, writes, Many of you, when you come to church, drive south on Gary, on Gary Avenue, south from the 10 to Gary. You may have noticed that there are two properties for sale that border on the church property, on our church property. Several people have suggested that we should consider purchasing those properties. As our ministries continue growing, we always want to consider opportunities to increase our facilities so that we have more parking or classroom space. However, we do not want to incur more debt. As we have considered how we could secure these properties without incurring additional debt, we have had a potential buyer approach us about the property across Main Street on Holt, the restaurant property over here. We purchased that property for the parking, and it appears that the buyer would still allow us to use the parking on Sunday morning and possibly other key times during the week. We need to hear God's whisper on the opportunities we have, both with respect to purchasing and selling. We need to know what God's desire for us is. This morning, after each of the worship services over in the prayer room, we will have a time of prayer for those who are interested and able to spend some time in prayer about this matter. Uh, Peter Torrey, he's going to be there to lead the prayer time and, and briefly answer any questions. So sometimes we do this individually, but sometimes we do it as a church family. Together as a church family, we listen for whispers from God. And then together as a family, like sitting around the dinner table, we figure out 
uh, what those whispers mean and what God wants us to do. Truth number one, we were created to do good works. And one of the primary ways God helps us accomplish them is by imparting whispers of action. Let's uh, read out loud. Let's put it up there. Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10. Let's read this out loud together. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Whispers of action. Secondly, God speaks through whispers of admonition. Matthew 16 is one of the famous ones in the Bible. Uh, Rebuke or admonition, when God corrects us when we're doing something wrong. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Well, almost on a daily basis, God has to admonish me and say, Glenn, in this instance, you don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. How many of you have ever been taken behind the woodshed by God on that one? Human concerns. Not God's concern, or not doing it God's way, or the way according to Christ. Uh, a couple of summers ago, um, we were on vacation in, in Seattle, and we were staying in downtown Seattle. There was a Barnes & Noble bookstore across the street, and so we were browsing through it. And then I went back by myself to the hotel, and as I came out of the Barnes & Noble, um, a young man there was asking me to give a donation to Planned Parenthood. And I just, I just, oh, I go like that. I go, not a chance, and walk right past him. I mean, I figure I'm a pastor on vacation. I don't have to be nice, you know. I, I just, I'm on vacation, man. So I get up to my room, and I hear a whisper. Glenn, do you think you have a, ch- a chance of reaching that young man for Christ, treating him in a rude fashion? Not a chance. Uh, Glenn, do you think you can persuade him to a pro-life position? Um, uh, based on, on, on the way you just treated him. Not a chance. So I go back down, find the young man. I said, look, I just want to ask your forgiveness. I apologize for how rude I was earlier. And I went out to explain to him that Planned Parenthood was founded by Margaret Sanger, who's um, a eugenicist like Adolf Hitler, and how I have, we have four adopted children that would be prime targets for Planned Parenthood in the ending of those pregnancies. And, and I just said, you know what, I just can't be a part of anything like that, can't give uh, to something like that. And I did it as kindly and humbly and graciously as I could. Uh, those, those come from a whisper of admonition. A few weeks ago, somebody recommended to me a book, and it was a novel, and oh, it was the greatest book. It was exactly the kind of book I love. And I was just ripping through, and oh, this is the best book. But it had a lot of bad language in it. I mean, I'm talking not the one every once in a while, but it was like two or three bad words per page. And I felt a whisper from God, throw it away. Oh my God, but it's such a good story. Throw it away. Boom, threw it in the wastebasket. Kimberly and I have shared many times 
how we love clear play, how we began to hear the whisper of God that we were putting too many things that were inappropriate into our minds by what we watched. So we get this little device, costs 150 bucks, and hook it up to your DVD player, and, and you can adjust it. It has like 12 areas, so you can adjust it to what your particular convictions are because all Christians, you know, have hang-ups on different things, you know. Different things offend us. We're all the weaker brother or the stronger brother or sister in certain areas. And so you can adjust it, three different categories, all of it gone, some of it gone, a little bit of it gone, and you can do that in 12 different areas. So you can custom to make it according to yours. And this has just been like a wonderful thing. But I always mention it and say, oh, you can go online and find out about it. But you know, God whispered to Kimberly and me this past week, hey, you know, why don't we make it available to people out by the fountain? So starting a couple of weeks from today, Palm Sunday, um, and then we'll, we won't do it Easter Sunday, but then all during April, we'll, Kimberly will just be out there um, by the fountain. And if you just want to, you know, get a hold of one of these that we've talked about so much, uh, we just feel we're acting on a whisper that God did um, um, for us. Question number two, what words of admonition might God be trying to whisper to you right now? Truth number two, God will not stop refining us until transformation's work is complete. And then the third type of whisper, there's action, there's uh, admonition, and thirdly, there's assurance. And uh, I tell you, your quiet time assignment for this week, maybe tomorrow morning or lunch break or before you go to bed or go to bed tonight, read through this story here. I'm going to start a series um, on the life of Elisha. I'm so excited about it. After Easter, it's going to be called Being a Person of Purpose. And we're going to look at the life of the biblical character Elisha and see how we can fulfill our purpose for our life the same way God did that for him. And so to kind of get us going in that, I encourage you to read this story. And it's a beautiful story about how God changed the circumstances of a woman who asked for a child who was unable to have a child. And then God, uh, she lost that child. God changed the circumstances and gave her that son back. And some of the time, God miraculously steps into our life and changes the circumstances. But much of the time, he doesn't change the circumstances, but he gives us a whisper of assurance within those circumstances. Doesn't always change the circumstances. But in the midst of that valley, in the midst of that storm, he whispers his word of assurance. I want to give you um, a modern-day example of that. Let's watch this together. It was just a normal Saturday, and um, my, our middle child, Katie, we have five kids. Our middle child, Katie, uh, was heading out uh, to work her first day uh, at a summer job. She'd been home from college about a month. And uh, out she went. She was so excited. She uh, had a job. Uh, it's actually at this beach bar, which, you know, <laughs> it, it was at a beach bar. And she was so excited because she really had a strong sense that most of the, her colleagues that she'd be working with uh, were far from God. And she was like a kid in a candy store. She could not wait to start building relationships with these people and perhaps introduce them to the Jesus that was so uh, important to her. And about an hour after she left, uh, I got the phone call that every parent dreads. It was an emergency room nurse on the other end of the line, and she was asking us to come down because our daughter had been brought in. Uh, we went down to the hospital, and there she was. Uh, she, uh, while driving to work, uh, had had a ruptured brain aneurysm, and she had passed out at the wheel, and there had been a violent car accident. Uh, her neck was broken at C1, and she was in a coma. 
There was not a scratch on her. She looked like a beautiful angel just laying there, but she had a ventilator uh, in her mouth to breathe for her. And her pupils were blown, and there was no life in her eyes. I knew I needed to, uh, at some point, make a phone call to my parents to let them know what was going on. I, I couldn't get cell reception in the hospital, so I stepped outside into the ambulance bay, and it was a beautiful, sunny day, and I was struck by the beauty of, of the day, the blue sky, the wispy clouds, the trees overhead. And as I stood there, my hand was shaking. I was trying to dial my mother's cell phone number on my cell phone when I got this whisper from God. And he said, I am good. This circumstance does not change my character. This does not change who I am. I am good. And in that moment, I was just washed with this strong sense of peace that I knew was from him. Uh, the circumstances didn't look good. Three hours later, uh, our daughter was declared brain dead. And because of that whisper, I was able to navigate those coming days and, and weeks with a peace that I knew was not from me. And in the months that have passed since then, our family has been able to walk through a journey I wouldn't wish on anyone with a strong sense of God's presence. He has been palpably, tangibly aggressive in his love for us and his care for us. And I know someday I'll see my daughter again in heaven. I know someday I will be sitting around a heavenly kitchen table with all five of my children. But until that day, I know that I am walking alongside a God who is good. If you look on page seven, you'll see that right after this service, there are some classes that continue the discussion on this, and there will be many more testimonies similar to that one that will be a part of that um, experience. Question number three, what whispers of assurance do you most need to hear today? And truth number three, the losses we face in this life do not change who God is. Anybody want to say amen to that? The losses we face in this life do not change who God is. When we're finished here at the Resource Center, the book that goes with this, The Power of a Whisper by Bill Hybels, uh, as I mentioned, the classes that go with this mentioned on page 7. The Easter materials are there in the lobby and urge you to get a hold of one of those. But I want us to stand for our closing benediction. And this benediction is going to be a little longer than our typical benediction. But you'll see it there in your study outline and here on PowerPoint. It, it's written by Thomas Akempis, who was a wonderful follower of Christ around 1400 A.D., and he wrote this Christian classic called The Imitation of Christ. And I want to read it as our benediction here as we head out afterwards. Blessed is the soul who hears the Lord speaking within her, who receives the word of consolation from his lips. Blessed are the ears that catch the accents of divine whispering and pay no heed to the murmurings of this world. Blessed indeed are the ears that listen not to the voice which sounds without, 
but to the truth which teaches within. Blessed are the eyes which are closed to exterior things and are fixed upon those which are interior. Blessed are they who penetrate inwardly, who try daily to prepare themselves more and more to understand mysteries. Blessed are they who long to give their time to God and who cut themselves off from the hindrances of the world. Consider these things, my soul, and close the door of your senses so that you can hear what the Lord your God speaks within you. I am your salvation, says your beloved. I am your peace in your life. Remain with me and you will find peace. Dismiss all passing things and seek the eternal. What are all temporal things but snares? And what help will all creatures be able to give you if you are deserted by the Creator? Leave all these things, therefore, and make yourself pleasing and faithful to your Creator so that you may attain to true happiness. My promise never deceives, nor does it send away empty-handed him who trusts in me. What I've promised I will give, what I've said I will fulfill, if only a man remain faithful in my love to the end. I am the rewarder of all the good, the strong approver of all who are devoted to me. And all God's family said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.